guess what? I'm back! That's right, Nick the American in episode 38. He's back. Took a week off, rested, relaxed. I know speaking with some Nick the American fans over the last week and a half, over my long break, many of you were going through withdrawals, likening it to a crack addiction or a heroin addiction. So I think I appreciate that, but the withdrawals are real. I'm real. I'm back. Let's not poke too much fun at the drug addicted, okay? But let's get episode 38 moving, moving. So as I was away the last, I don't know how many days, I'm not even sure, I've been a fan of two different wrestling tournaments. And as I told you, my son was embarking on a district tournament, a regional tournament, and we were crossing our fingers. He was going to make it to state this year in the Tacoma Dome, which is, if you're a high school wrestler, going to state is the status symbol that kind of establishes you as a you know dope-ass wrestler. Okay, so... My son Carter went to districts, the King Co. Tournament, where he was the 175-pound defending champion. Well, guess what happened? He finished second. There was actually a boy named Arthur that went to his same high school that had wrestled up at 190 pounds for the entire season. And he was a tweener, and so he was able to cut weight and wrestled 175 pounds. Well, Carter and Arthur wrestled in the final, and Arthur beat Carter 6-3. Carter had him on his back at the end, you know, in, in, in Carter fashion, but could not finish the job, and Carter was absolutely devastated. He was pissed. He was not the two-time defending King Co. champion. His teammate, Arthur, was. And if Carter was going to lose to a young man, Arthur was the guy to lose to. There's no classier kid. There's no quieter kid. You wouldn't know if Arthur had just won the state tournament or the Kinko championship or had just got pinned in 15 seconds. Arthur just is an even-keeled, quiet kid. And so I was super excited for him. Arthur comes from a fighting family, and uh, he knows how to wrestle Carter. He knows how to wrestle Carter. And uh, he did it well, and he beat him 6-3. And uh, so we had to, you know, walk our son off, uh, you know, off the ledge, you know, you know, walk him back off the ledge there for a couple of days. He was pretty pissed off. And as a coach and a father, I'm trying to explain to him, hey, everything is in front of you. You won Kinko last year, and you didn't make state, okay? I'm looking at the bracket, Carter. I think you have a better shot at making state this year. And I'm not sure if he believed me or not. He was upset. But, uh, yeah, it's just the facts of life. Did not defend his King Coach title. And so we drove the family truckster, the Griswold family, the Scapini family, drove uh, five hours to Spokane, Washington, to University High School. Very nice high school. A wonderful event, by the way. Hats off to the folks at University High School. You guys put uh, a wrestling tournament on that was nearly flawless. And if you've been to a bunch of wrestling tournaments, some tournaments are done well. Some tournaments are done really not well. And so this was a breath of fresh air. So good on the university staff 
for putting together one dope ass tournament. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. It's just a little cough. The rest of the family is. I know everyone's just, you know, perpetually sick these days is what it is. Anyways, anyways. So we go to Spokane and basically there's 20 wrestlers and you got to finish in the top five to go to state. Okay. And these are all dudes. These are all highly accomplished wrestlers. There's a few, you know, crumb bums in there, but, uh, it is very difficult to make it to state. And so Carter's first match, my son is literally the, the, the living embodiment of Rocky Balboa. And, and, and here's, here's why Carter is in his first match and he is down seven to two with 40 seconds left. His mother is screaming at him, Carter, you've got to go. You've got to go. And, uh, Literally, with about 10 seconds left, Carter was able to control the kid for two points and then almost pin him and get a count, which is an additional three points. Time runs out, and the score is tied 7-7. He was down 7-2 with 40 seconds left, and now it's 7-7. Not even sure Carter had realized he'd tied it up. Carter goes on to win in overtime in about 10 seconds. What a come-from-behind victory. Rocky Balboa takes it on the chin, takes it on the chin, and then when he has to, he pulls the victory out of the fire. Well, you know, you I, I watched wrestling matches. You know, I've been I, I've watched a million wrestling matches the last couple of weeks, and very few matches go down to the wire like this. Heart stopping matches. Well, stay tuned, my son Carter. That's how he has done it his entire career at wrestling. He outlasts you. So he's up again. So it's his second match. And uh, let's see here. He is down eight to nothing with under a minute left. And it's the closest eight nothing you've ever seen, but he's just not getting it done. This kid's scoring on him every here, you know, here and there. And uh, actually, the kid gets with about 45 seconds left, the kid gets a point deduction for locking hands. So it's eight one again. Carter's mother, my wife, is screaming at him from the mat. You've got to pin him. You've got to pin him. You've got to pin him. And down 8-1 with about 25 seconds left, what does Carter do? He puts the kid on his back, and he pins him down 8-1. Like, unbelievable, unbelievable. It's 8 nothing with under a minute to go in the match in the third round. And he pins him. Okay. He's into the semifinals, which means he's got three matches. He needs to win one of three matches to seal his ticket to state. Now, his first match, he's got to go up against a kid named Trenton from, let's see, where's from Cheney High School, Cheney, Washington, Cheney High School. And Trenton finished like fourth or fifth in state last year. Just a monster of a wrestler. He's like six foot one. He's just incredibly strong, incredibly athletic, and he beat Carter on points. Well, the next match is again for state and Carter is down one, nothing with about 30 or 40 seconds left in the match. He's a plotter. He's a grinder. Well, he gets an escape point. It's one-to-one. The match goes into overtime, overtime. And what does he do? 
He scores really quickly in overtime, and he has punched his ticket to state. And I can't tell you as a parent how proud I was. All of his hard work the last seven years, the whole goal was to go be a state qualifier, and he had punched his ticket to state. Now, he was not done. He still had a third-place match, and this third-place match was against Arthur from his own high school, who had beat him in the King Cup tournament. Well, Carter was this time, my goodness, he was up 3 nothing late, and it was Arthur who tied it up 3-3. As, as as time dwindles down, dwindles down off of the clock. So it's 3-3 going to overtime. My son now has had three overtime matches, and he pins somebody with 40 seconds left down 8-1. It, it's just ridiculous. Well, what do you think he does? He's able to score on Arthur and get his revenge for the Kinko. No revenge needed on Arthur because he's the nicest kid possible. But he was able to finish third at his regional tournament, and he will be wrestling at the Tacoma Dome. And his mother is beyond ecstatic. She can't stop looking at brackets and looking at video of other wrestlers that he may face. So all is well on that front. Hazen High School, I have to commend our coaches, Coach Rory, Coach Kevin, Coach Paul, Coach Chad, Thank you guys for all of your hard work. Coaching football, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. Coaching wrestling seems to be a whole nother level, okay? So, and not only did we have Carter make state, and not only did we have Arthur make state at 175 pounds, we had two kids make it at 175 pounds. We had Super Mario. Mario, who listens to the show, you got this kid's got a smile from ear to ear. This kid is, is this is the most talented wrestler on our team. I like to call him Mike Tyson, but uh, he finished third as well, and his his bracket was super tough. But uh, Mario has got a real shot to place at state. I'm looking forward to watching him. He's in 165 pounds. Man, it looks tough, Mario. It looks tough, dude. You're tougher. You can beat. You can beat Larson. You can beat whoever, whoever. You can do it. Get your mind right, Mario. And then we had Stino, our heavyweight, at 285 pounds. Stino is a gentle giant. And Stino was able to finish fourth, qualify for state. I couldn't be more happy for Stino. There's not a nicer kid in the world. All of them, Carter, Mario, Arthur, Stino, congratulations, young men. You've punched your ticket to state. It was a joy watching all of you. Each one of you, it almost felt like my own son. Uh, hell, when Stino won, when Stino won his match, I was right there on the mat. And I think I might have been the first person to greet him. because I was so damn excited. I know what this means. I know how much work they put in. And you know, I think last episode, I talked about the wrestling community. It is not for the faint of heart. These people are just tough, badass individuals who work their tail off. So coaches, kids, anybody who's wrestling right now, anybody who's punched their ticket to state, um, just an exciting time. And uh, I'll see you guys in the Tacoma Dome on Friday. Looking forward to it.
All right. Well, we had a big football game, didn't we? We had a big football game this 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 past weekend. 49ers and Chiefs and my boy Kyle Shanahan, my boy Kyle Shanahan, who my Denver Broncos passed up on. He wasn't good enough to coach the Denver Broncos, but uh he fell short in the Super Bowl again, again, and uh maybe that's just not his game. The Niners got off to a really hot start. McCaffrey fumbled, kind of quelled that start. Uh, the Chiefs ended up fumbling the ball deep in, in in Niner territory to kind of even it out a bit. My son turned to me at halftime, this is a boring game. And I'm like, it's a seven-point game. Hey, I grew up in an era where the AFC lost 13 straight to the NFC, son. If it was a game at halftime, people were like giddy. Forget if it was a good game, if it was just close. The NFC Championship for 13 years was the Super Bowl. It was the Super Bowl. So I told him, hey, instead of 10-3, pretend it's 27-20. Pretend it's 27-20. The game's coming. And the game did come. Went into overtime. We had different overtime rules than we'd ever seen before. I'm not sure many people truly understood the rules. I was asking, boy, if this clock runs out, does that mean the game's over? No, they'll just they'll just run the clock again, like a second quarter. But uh, good on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I'm a Bronco fan. I can't stand watching them win. But if Pat Mahomes is not the, the most perfect quarterback, he's literally a point guard playing the quarterback position. He makes every single throw. He's probably going to restructure his fucking deal at you know in some time in the offseason. So his cap hit is minimal. And he can he can go out and you know give his front office the tools that they need to go build a football team to go win a third straight Super Bowl, third straight Super Bowl. That's the stuff of legends. That's why I talked about the Seahawks in the Patriots game. That's how close the Seahawks were to to winning three in in, in Nick the American's opinion. But uh, yeah, and then the whole was the most watched Super Bowl ever, and, and maybe part of that was the Taylor Swift effect. They showed her a bunch. I loved every second of it. Let's bring more people into an event, and a, a, a classic American event, and, and Taylor Swift was able to leave her heiress tour from Tokyo, and 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 uh, her big, you know, as my son has pointed out, how big of her, her carbon footprint is. She Her private jet came in, and she was able to, to watch the game, and see her boyfriend, who knows, maybe soon-to-be fiancé. I mean, they're hot and heavy, baby. They are hot and heavy, and good for them. Good for them. Just a, a love story playing out right in front of our eyes as we watch the Super Bowl. Beautiful. And Travis Kelsey, actually, I don't think he had a catch in the first half, but, boy, he picked it up in the second half, and he finished. He caught a couple balls, and he finished runs. He was trying to put a hurt on people. So... Now we saw the king. I, you know, this is football talk right now, but no, it, you know, it always blends into the king. It always does. He's the king. <clears throat> Trump had kind of threatened Taylor Swift. He didn't want her to be disloyal. He had signed, apparently in 2018, Donald Trump, the king, had signed the bipartisan uh, Moderniz Music Modernization Act which gave more power to artists and their copyright, and it was going to put more money in their pocket. 
Well, Trump said he made Taylor Swift millions, many millions of dollars, and there's no way she could be disloyal to him after he did this for her. Biden wouldn't do anything for her. Biden, you know, he and he never will, he said. Now, Trump, I think we've seen this from, from a lot of Republicans. They've backed off the Taylor Swift conspiracy theories. They've backed Sean Handy was actually trying to recruit Taylor Swift on his show, pointing out why she should vote for Trump or Republican. And I didn't even know Taylor Swift was really political. And, and I'm not saying she really is, but I had no idea that Taylor Swift had endorsed Joe Biden. I had no idea in 2016, excuse me, in 2020 that she had endorsed, endorsed Joe Biden. So now the right comes out with all of these crazy conspiracy theories. Trump comes out, kind of threatens her. You need to be loyal to me, baby dear, baby doll. And, 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 and Donald, take a cue. Tell everybody how much you love her music, what a big fan you are, what a great icon she is for young ladies. And yeah, I'd really love it if she would vote for me. But if she doesn't, that's okay. That's okay. That's the tact that you should take. You Republicans, you don't want to go down a conspiracy theory rat hole with Taylor Swift and her, her 300 million followers. She could turn an election if you piss her off. If you motivate her enough, what do you want her to do? Have concerts in Arizona and Georgia signing up 100,000 people to vote. I know she already does sign up people to vote. She fills food banks when she goes into towns. She's really, really remarkable. Her work ethic, everything. Trump, I'm I'm giving you advice. Since, since Rona McDaniel, my girl at the RNC, is now out, now out, I, I get to give the king advice. Be as nice as possible to Taylor Swift. I know it will be so difficult for you. You might not even be capable because she's not going to endorse you. She's not going to endorse you. Now, Trump, he took a different tack with Travis Kelsey. He talked about how much he liked Travis Kelsey and that maybe Travis Kelsey probably didn't like him. Travis Kelsey was liberal and he, and he probably didn't like him. I like that response, Trump. Hey, talk. Travis Kelsey is a great football player. You know, I'm a conservative. He happens to be a liberal. We disagree a little bit, but boy... Am I a Travis Kelsey fan? He kind of took that tack with Kelsey, didn't take that tack with Swift. Take it with both of them. You don't necessarily need their support, Don. You just don't need to motivate Taylor Swift and maybe her future hubby to, to bring new voters to the table. If Joe Biden, which we know he's not going to motivate the youth, the youth vote. Taylor Swift could. So tread lightly. Tread lightly. Get rid of the conspiracy theories on Swift. Because if I'm Taylor Swift, I don't want to really get overly political. But if I've got some fucking yahoos on the right talking about these conspiracy theories, how I'm in cahoots with Joe Biden, the Super Bowl was fixed, that may do it for me. That may piss me off just enough where I say, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I, you're done. I, I, I'm i going to see to it as a mission of mine that you don't win a re-election. So I would take a different tack. Republicans, I would take a different tack. Trump, take, take the tack that you took with Travis Kelsey. <clears throat> Not with Taylor Swift. Don't, don't threaten the queen.
Do not threaten the queen. Okay, King? All right. All right. Moving on. You know, we can talk about, let's talk a little bit about violence. Let's talk about crime. Let's talk about Portland, Oregon for a second. I was, I was, I was just curious how this crime-ridden, homeless, drug-infested state you know, or city is doing. And uh, their, their, their mayor, Ted Wheeler, you know, he, he, he's not seeking uh, a third term, but uh, I was watching him speak. Um, seems like he's come around a little bit. But uh, I'm watching some of these liberals. Maybe I don't attack liberals enough, but some of these liberals in fucking Portland that will go to these city council meetings and defend public drug use and, um, you know, the homeless camping out right in front of people's businesses and stuff like that. And, and I'm, I'm pro homeless. I want to help the homeless, but <clears throat> I'm a business owner too. And, and, and I can't have homeless people just literally intense because the mayor said it was okay. Okay. Now, in Portland, they did defund the police. They did take resources in 2020, early 2020, away from the police department in Portland. They kind of put their hands tied behind their back. And as a liberal, I just want to throw up because if Portland is a case study for what what liberal policy is, then, then I, I need to find a new party or we need some party reform. And so... You've heard me talk about defund the police and how much I fucking hate that term, and it's absolutely ridiculous. This occurred in Portland. With Hey, it was going to be okay to use drugs in public. This occurred in Portland. This is not okay. Now, it sounds like they have a new police chief. Wheeler has changed his tune a little bit. Hey, these policies weren't working. It has led down this, this, this awful awful path that Portland is on. Now, it seems like Portland might be improving a little bit and maybe Portland needs a PR campaign to revitalize, you know, what was lost. You know, they were on this downhill trend with defunding the police and and they had so many of these these just weirdo liberals, these these uber left people that were bringing Portland down. Then the pandemic happened. And it was like the homeless, nobody's downtown, and the homeless basically own Portland for all intents and purposes. So <clears throat> I hope the liberals in Portland are on a policy trek that is slowly improving that wonderful city, okay? Because you can walk around Portland, and I watched a bunch of videos these past couple of days. Portland looks great. As most cities do in a lot of respects, it's still got a lot of work to do. It's still got a lot of work to do. But uh, nobody likes crime. Nobody likes violence. And uh, Portland was a poster child all across the country. And, and it probably, there was probably a time where maybe it was that bad. But when people think of Portland, they think of just, they think of a, a media narrative that is just, it's on fire and it's, 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 it's a cesspool. It. It's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think. And I think Portland was was probably probably falls into that 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 case study. I know Seattle when Seattle was going through 
chop their their block with where they they designated for the 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 homeless and you know they were going through some issues fox news had had shown pictures of seattle burning and it was actually kenosha wisconsin it wasn't seattle but you know it's important we all understand the narrative that msnbc or fox news always tries to drive home they never want to drive home a narrative that's negative toward their side even though both sides are as guilty as shit. So be careful of the narratives when you hear about Portland. Maybe maybe go take a trip and go see for yourself. Maybe go see for yourself. But, uh, and I know so many conservatives I know have just held their nose about crime and violence. Oh, it's up. And, and I laugh like, oh, do you have a policy that's going to fix that? Because although Portland may have defunded the police, Seattle did not. Many cities did not. No liberal politician, no major liberal politician was calling for defunding the police. This was something that that we have to deal with in both parties. But I have to deal with the wacky left, the hard, hard left that says some bullshit like defund the police. Okay? So every, everybody hates crime. Everyone hates violence. Both sides like to blame each other. The right especially likes to blame the left, like all these liberal policies – and, and they may be right to a degree, but you know they're not all the way right. That you know there's no policy that some conservative can come in and fix Portland or fix San Francisco. Now, there's a narrative. There's a narrative you can drive and to let people know how disgusting and awful it is that probably is only 32% true. It's, you know, it's 68% not so true. So, but I saw an article, since we all hate violence and crime. I saw an article in on ABC News, very detailed article <clears throat> about crimes committed by people who invoked Donald J. Trump, Eris Targaryen, the king. 54 crimes they had since 2015 they had documented. And in order for these these crimes to get Trump's name had to be invoked in the actual violence being committed or in the police report, okay? And I'll, I'll post this on the YouTube uh, channel, the, the link to the article. But you can actually read each individual. Each There's 54 different crimes have been committed since 2015 that it somehow invoked Trump, okay? 41 of them were violent acts committed by people I mean, people assaulting people saying this is for Donald Trump, okay? 13 of the 54 were crimes committed that Trump's name was invoked, but they were anti-Trump, anti-Trump. Now, the interesting thing about the article, ABC News said they looked at Joe Biden, they looked at Barack Obama, they looked at George Bush, there was not one single case, not one crime had been committed where the president was actually invoked in the police report or in the actual crime itself. The only way these crimes were included in the 54 was if that happened. If, if Trump was essentially in the fucking police report. There were countless other crimes where people were wearing MAGA, MAGA gear, and I know, I know they were probably Antifa. They were probably Joe Biden fans dressed up as Trump fans committing these crimes. But it got me thinking. If I if, if Nick, if Nick was the mayor of my hometown, Renton, 
And I sat down with the police chief and I was like, wow, there's 26 cases where of violent acts, crimes being committed, where they invoked my name. If that occurred, if that occurred to any one of us, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If that occurred, wouldn't you, you take a step back, look in the mirror and go, why is my rhetoric inciting so much violence? You can't point to past presidents or current presidents where violence is being invoked on such a frequent basis. And there are so many crimes that have been committed where you couldn't put Trump in the police report, but the person committing the crime drove around in a van that was draped in Trump gear or he he wore nothing but Trump gear whether it was Nicholas Cruz wearing a Trump hat. If we are going to elect Donald Trump, we are going to see more of this violence. Hell, we just saw on Sean Hannity's show live. He was at the, at the Texas border. You got all these dumb fuck vigilantes down at the border protecting the border. Well, you know what they did? They beat the shit out of an American citizen, calling him a migrant saying he was shoplifting. Now, I think the dude was doing something. He, he, he was rabble-rousing. <clears throat> That's what happens when these protests occur. You get anti-protesters. You get thugs. You get this Molotov cocktail of stuff going on. But these vigilante Trump supporters are on Sean Hannity's show and literally assault an American citizen because he looked different. He, it, this wasn't his country. This was, this was our country, and we're going to take it back. And he, they assaulted this dude right on fucking national TV on Sean Hannity's show. MAGA, you know, I get a kick. And, and if you, you look at ABC's article, and you can read, and you can see pictures of these people that committed crimes. These are the people. This is the reason why a card-carrying regular Republican who's not... Crazy Trump would never be caught dead at a mega rally. Would never be caught dead at a mega rally. Because you would see this cesspool of fucking dog shit. Some of these people. And the, the Republican Party that I grew up with, these people weren't Republicans. These people were outcasts. Trump came into power. A lot of Republicans... Moderate Republicans left, but Trump brought in this, this lower level of fucking crazy. I'll tell you, hey, we were just driving to Spokane, <clears throat> Spokane, Washington, five hour drive. There's like a tent city. It's, it's, I mean, they've got land, but my goodness, they live in tents and they live in canop, you know, campers. It, it, it's not a great situation. Fuck Joe Biden banners, American flags, Trump. There was a flag of Trump, like dressed like uh, Rambo, John Rambo. These are the people that Trump brought into the fucking party. These are the people that are committing crimes in Trump's name. These are the people that you would not be caught dead with at a fucking rally. These are some of the people who broke into the Capitol. Okay. And so. It, we hate crime in Oregon. We hate. We hold our nose when we hear about crime. It's 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 liberal. What about the crime that the president of the United States is somehow inciting with his rhetoric, with his rhetoric? And I know. Hey, listen. I'll, I'll point it out. Steve Scalise, Republican whip in the House, 
was nearly murdered on a softball field by a Bernie Sanders fan. Uh, I think the guy was even on his staff at some point. One case, Trump loves to invoke this. Now, this this was a one-off, and Bernie went and apologized for it. Donald Trump should stand up and say, anybody who commits a fucking assault or a violent crime in my name, get the fuck out of the party. Get away from me. I don't want your support. But we know with Trump, the beauty of him is he cannot disavow a voter. And now... I brought this up many, many shows ago when I was reading the dailystormer.com. Andrew Anglin, a, a mega white supremacist, in full in Trump gear, loves Trump. He is a flat out white supremacist. <clears throat> and I was reading this during Charlottesville. I'm reading the message boards on this neo Nazi website. And I'm like, oh my God, the FBI is probably monitoring me now. But for hours, I read the Daily Stormer. And, and I told you this, guys, a while ago, and I'll tell you this, this again. There's these white supremacists on this, on this website, on these message boards, and I'm scrolling through and I'm reading all the message boards. And there's a message from a white supremacist with a, they all have Trump avatars saying, this is the first president in U.S. history who does not run from us, who does not disavow us. This is our opportunity, this poster wrote. And he was so fucking right. He was so right. Because you can be a white supremacist. You can go beat down people in public. And Trump's not going to disavow you. He's actually going to encourage it. He's going to encourage it. And so I, I challenge you moderate Republicans. There is a difference between Grandpa Joe Biden and the king. Grandpa Joe is not inciting violence. He does not encourage violence. People are not committing crimes in Joe Biden's name with Joe Biden gear on. It's not really an endorsement of Joe Biden. He's the lesser of two evils. But trust me, Donald Trump will take this to a whole new level if he's reelected. And so I'm looking at all my moderate Republican friends, all Republicans that don't consider themselves a MAGA. Do you want these crimes to continue? Should crimes be committed in the name of a president? It's so fucking weird. It's so weird. Let's wake up. Let's not give this dipshit a fourth term. Let's, let's be careful about media narratives, whether it be from MSNBC or from Fox News. They are salesmen. They are salesmen at the end of the day. And sales equal ratings. Okay? They've got to have the ratings. And they've got to fire you up. They've got to sell you a certain narrative. And I'm telling you, whether it's MSNBC or Fox or whoever, the narrative is never true. It's only a a half-truth. They're only telling you what they think will sell. MSNBC thinks the liberal narrative will sell. Fox News thinks the conservative narrative will sell. Both of them are half-truths. Both of them, what they're selling you is half-truths. Now, I'm a liberal Democrat. I believe, I believe that Rachel Maddow lies way less than Sean Hannity or Jesse Waters, okay? Maybe that's why I'm liberal. I don't know. But, uh, 
No Trump. No Trump. No Trump. All right, moving on. Enough. Hey, really quick. Our boy, Kenny the Hunter Paxton. Where is he at now? Where is he? He's in Georgia trying to get records, hospital records, medical data for more gender-affirming care cases. Now, my only hope is that he can prosecute a family, a child, a doctor, whether it be for abortion, a non-viable baby maybe. But so he's he's doing all this research. He's going down and she's trying to hunt Texas residents who go to a different state down to have a medical procedure. We will keep following this. I will keep bringing this up because I'm curious when he finds what he's looking for, whatever that may be, you know, Kate Cox, someone, you know, had an abortion with a non-viable baby and had to go to New Mexico to have it. What, 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 whatever he finds, I, I, I hope, I hope he follows through. This isn't just window dressing. Let, let's, let, let, let's, let's try, let's, let's bring a case against these people. Let's show the American people what Ken Paxton wants to do, which is what? I don't know. Put parents in jail, put doctors in jail. So we will continue to follow this. Kenny the Hunter, keep hunting, buddy. Keep hunting. I love it. Oh, boy. So let's see here. I see that Jon Stewart is not running for president. He is back on The Daily Show on Mondays. You know, if I can't have Jon Stewart as my president, at least we can have him, you know, uh, every Monday until the election. So just a, a sharp dude. He should have run for president, but that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And and, I, and I, I've told you guys that the time has passed for other Democratic candidates to enter the fray. But uh, we saw the special counsel, uh, Biden mishandled some, 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 some classified documents. It is much different than Trump. All you have to do is read, and maybe we'll break this down on another segment. It's so much different than Trump. But the special counsel came out with a scathing report on Joe Biden. This elderly man who didn't know any better, who's got an awful memory, couldn't recall when his son Bo had died. And so they weren't bringing forth charges because... He was just too old, too elderly. His memory was just too poor. Okay. Isn't this what everybody already knows about fucking Biden? 18-year-olds know this. 19-year-olds, 38-year-olds, 62-year-olds. Everybody knows that Biden is a shot fighter. And so there, there can be no Democrats entering the field now because the, the deadlines for filing have, have passed. We're looking at Ju- between June and August is when Joe Biden needs to step up for his party and the American people and step down. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in, in, in mid-June or July. Joe Biden, you must step down. Now, I talk about media narrative. Biden's too old. Biden's got an awful memory. Are you fucking kidding? Yes, that's all true. Trump is the exact same way, except much more violent. Much more violent with his rhetoric. 
This guy's got no memory. He's a shot fighter, too. He's a shot fighter, too. He's just abducted the Republican Party. He's brought in these fucking crazies. So this media narrative, maybe that Biden is... One, one is not too old. They both are too old. If Fox is banging on the drum that Biden is this old elderly guy that can't, you know, can't, you know, you know, keep shit in his pants. Then, and then MSNBC is telling you the same thing about Trump. It's true about both of them, both of them. And what an amazing contrast it would be, Joe Biden. Hey, you were a senator when you were in your 20s. You ran for president several times and lost. And then you finally got the Holy Grail. You won the presidency of the United States, despite what morons say in the Trump camp. Only morons say he didn't win. You've done it all. It is time to let go. Do you remember in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Indiana's, you know, I can reach it. He's trying to get the grail. He's trying to get the grail. After... After that blonde Elsa fell in, fell in the uh, the, the, the the crater, and uh, uh, Sean Connery, his dad, Junior, let it go, Junior, let it go, Joe Biden, let it go in June or July, and we can have a bunch of qualified Democrats. Some of them we've highlighted on, on this show. Some of them we haven't vie for the nomination but you can show your country yeah i'm too old we don't need cedar citizens in the white house and i'm stepping down what say you republican party it would put them in a tough bind i would not want to be the new rnc chief when maybe it's going to be laura trump eric's uh, wife it sounds like because i told you my girl rona mcdaniel's been booted out of the rnc but uh it would put the Republican Party in a very tough situation in ter- with regards to winning the 2024 presidential election if Biden, in July, on July 1st, on 4th of July, on the 4th of July, baby, he stepped down for America. And we propped up some 50, 55-year-old candidate who's in their mental prime. I see. Yeah, Trump wants to debate Biden immediately now. If I was Biden, I'd be like, "Fuck you! We'll debate whenever there's supposed to be debates. You don't dictate shit, King." If it was Gavin Newsom, if it was Pete Buttigieg, if it was Roy Cooper, Trump would not be. Let's debate. Let's debate. Let's debate. Now, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Now, lastly, I well, not lastly, but. Nikki Haley has really gotten aggressive against the King. She's all in, scorched earth. She knows she's not going to win the nomination, but she's gone after the King. And the King, I told you, Don, again, here I am. Rona McDaniel is out at the RNC. I'm your advisor right now. You don't need to be mean to Nikki Haley. She is not going to win. She might grab a few delegates. She might say some mean things about you. Let it blow off your shoulders. What does Trump do at a rally in in her home state? He attacks her husband, who's in the South Carolina National Guard, who's in Africa right now serving his country. This isn't the first time or the second time or the third time 
or the last time that Trump has has, has attacked men or women in, in, in uniform. It won't be the last time. Dude, if I'm your advisor, which I am right now, Donnie, you don't have an RNC head. I'm the guy. Be nice to Nikki Haley. Talk about the great job she did with the United Nations as ambassador. Talk about maybe some of her accomplishments as governor of South Carolina. Kill her with kindness. Kill her with kindness. And like everybody else, maybe she'll kiss the ring. She'll kiss the ring. So, yeah, it just it just shocks me that Trump has to attack everybody. Nikki Haley, she's gone after him. She's not going to win. But Donald Trump is going to continue to say some, some really vile things. And in so doing, I know Republicans will vote for De- Republicans and Democrats will vote for Democrats. The tribalism that we've talked about, and I get it. I'm, you know, I'm probably guilty of it too. So are you. But does 5% of Nikki Haley's Republican voters say, oh my, you know what? That's it. That's it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to vote. I'm not voting for Biden. I'm not voting for a Democrat, but I am not voting for the, the, the nominee of my party, that motherfucker, Donald Trump. No way. He, he has no business attacking Nikki Haley's husband or attacking Nikki Haley in the fashion that he, he does. Be nice to Taylor Swift. Be nice to Travis Kelsey. Be nice to Nikki Haley. All they can do is hurt you. If you're nice to them, I think you diffuse a lot of this. So, all right. Now we are officially wrapping it up. You know, I was watching, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really like award shows all that much. My wife kind of does, but uh, we were watching the Grammys and uh, we are uh, big Luke Combs fans in this household. Uh, me and my wife actually went to Lumen Field uh, last year, I believe it was. And we went and saw Luke Combs in the pouring rain. We were drinking Bud Light. I got really good seats down on the floor. Well, the, the shitty seats at Lumen Field were all covered, you know, the floor seats weren't covered, so we just got poured on. We we kissed, we hugged, we had that euphoric, amazing feeling of a con- only a concert can give you. We sang Luke's Luke Combs songs. I went to the bathroom. People are snorting lines of cocaine in the bathroom, chanting "Fuck Joe Biden." Uh, it, very conservative Luke Combs crowd. They look like Luke Combs. I, I don't know where Luke Combs stands politically. I don't care. But we loved the concert. We love Luke Combs. Okay. Now, Luke Combs was at the Grammys, and Luke Combs has been singing uh, a cover song from Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. And I see these two people. I, I, I listen to Luke Combs and the admiration that he has for Tracy Chapman. And I think a lot of people didn't even know who Tracy Chapman was. Uh, maybe they knew her iconic song. Maybe they didn't know if she was a girl or a boy. I think a lot of people didn't know for a long time. Listening to Luke Combs speak about her and elevate her song was really cool. It's been cool the last several months. And and on the Grammy stage, 
Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman, two people who don't look alike. They're different colors. They come from completely different backgrounds. They they sing to completely different audiences. They couldn't be more different. Who knows? Maybe maybe Luke's a Republican and, and, and Tracy's a, a Democrat. Or maybe Luke's the Democrat and Tracy's the Republican. Who care? Who cares? They couldn't be more different in a lot of ways. And they got up on that Grammy stage and sang Fast Car. And I want to play a little bit of it for you in closing because this is what America is all about. We're not all alike, but we can all work together like Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. We can all love each other like Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. This is episode 38, Luke Combs and the absolutely fabulous at her age, Tracy Chapman. Please finish episode 38, will you?